Welcome in to Duval Daily presented by GenJag.com. I'm Jordan DeLugo. Thank you so much for tuning in here on Thursday, January 19th. Just two sleeps away from the Jaguars taking on the Chiefs in the divisional round of the 2022 AFC playoffs. Winner. They'll get to punch their ticket to the AFC championship game against either the Bills or Bengals. We'll be on the road for the Jaguars regardless, but they've got to take care of business in Kansas City before they can even think about the AFC championship, the AFC title game, right? Chiefs, they're eight and a half point favorites over under of 53. So Vegas expects the Chiefs to handle business, but expects both teams to put up some points here. Does not expect a low scoring affair. And I tend to agree. I think both of these offenses have have proven that they can put points on put points up on the board consistently. Um, they can do it in bunches. They can do it quickly. So yeah, I see the over under of fifty three being fair. Eight and a half for the Chiefs. Think that's interesting. We'll talk about it here. You've got Andy Reid versus Doug Peterson, two of the very best play callers in the game. Two, two, you know, reverse sides of the same coin. You have Andy Reid, who has been a coach in this league, a head coach in this league for I think twenty four seasons, something like that. Doug Peterson has only been a head coach for six years, but these two have spent a ton of time together professionally. Doug Peterson, quarterback for the Packers and Eagles, was coached by, yes, Andy Reid. Doug Peterson was given his first NFL coaching job by, yes, you guessed it, Andy Reid. Doug Peterson was given his first offensive coordinator job by, yes, Andy Reid, and that was in Kansas City. So Doug Peterson is returning to a place where he coached for a few years, uh, a place where they had some good times with Alex Smith and company, um, and he's taken on... One of the best coaches of all time, in my opinion. And and Doug Peterson, he's a younger coach than Andy. He hasn't been doing it as long. He's going to have his opportunity to to put his stamp on his legacy. And he's already won one Super Bowl. If he wins another with the Jaguars, he'll be the first coach to ever win one with two different squads. But this is definitely the start of the legacy here in Jacksonville. Like, If you beat the Chiefs, that is a legacy win. If you beat Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, the rest of these guys, that is a legacy win. That is a statement win, and it gets the Jaguars to their fifth AFC title game. 97, 99, 17, I guess I should say their fourth title game. Excuse me. Yeah. So... The Jaguars, if they're able to win this contest, it's going to be one of the biggest upsets that we've seen all year. Probably probably the biggest upset just in terms of what's at stake, what the national expectations are, what Vegas's expectations are. Going into a rowdy environment, you know, one of the very best environments in the game, probably the best environment that I've been to, that I've been a part of, that I've witnessed. It's just incredible in Arrowhead. Incredibly loud. Incredibly intense. It's a rematch of Week 10 where the Jaguars went to Arrowhead. It was a funky game. They lost 27-17. to They forced three turnovers, won the turnover battle, lost the game because they missed a couple field goals. They also had a touchdown called back. Illegal man downfield on Cam Robinson. It was a funky game. 
And, and the Jags had every opportunity to get themselves a little bit closer, again, with some of those miscues that we just talked about. But uh, I think that game, even though it's disappointing the Jaguars lost, you know, winning the turnover battle three to nothing, stealing the onside kick to start the game, all that stuff, they were right there in that football game. It was much closer than people want to remember. And I think that the Jaguars have every opportunity to be right there in this football game as well. Now, there is snow on the forecast. 60% chance of snow throughout the contest from 4 till 8 p.m. in Kansas City. What type of impact does that have? This team hasn't played in the snow. From Duval County, they're from Florida. Jags have played in some inclement weather. You've seen them play... Um, and monsoon-type conditions multiple times. First time, it did not go well against the Eagles in Philly. But uh, since then, they've kind of rebounded, and it doesn't seem like that's as much of an issue for the Jaguars, you know, potential weather, precipitation, etc. But should have an impact on this contest, and um, I think it's just going to come down to who's fortunate and who's unfortunate with maybe – some wetness on the football. We'll see how it plays out. You got to hope that it doesn't doesn't have a major impact on the game because you want to see a good game between two of the very best young quarterbacks in the game. Patrick Mahomes, obviously not really a young quarterback anymore. He's on his second contract, but certainly the quarterback, the number one quarterback in the NFL today. Trevor Lawrence, he's ascending probably top five at this point, trying to stake his claim, trying to take down Patrick Mahomes. Took down Justin Herbert last week. He's taken down Josh Allen in the past. He has not beaten Patrick Mahomes in his lone try, and he hasn't beaten Joe, Joe Burrow in his lone try. 2021, Jaguars had a complete collapse in Cincy, and then Urban Meyer had a complete collapse in Cincy after the game as well. But that's neither here nor there. Point is, this is an opportunity to go beat the best of the best, to go beat Patrick Mahomes in his stadium. Can the Jags do it? Let's jump into this preview from the Jags' offensive perspective versus the Chiefs' defense. What will Steve Spagnuolo pull out of his hat? Again, this is a three-time Super Bowl-winning defensive coordinator, an unbelievable coordinator who has had two weeks to get ready for this game. And uh, I think he's going to be able to pull some things out of his hat. Will it trick Doug Peterson and the Jaguars? I'm not sure. Will they copy the Jaguars? I mean, excuse me, copy the Chargers? Team that came out, tried to out-physical the Jaguars receivers early on, tried to trick Trevor Lawrence a little bit, tried to uh, take away some of the underneath stuff. Jaguars took a little while to figure out how to attack that. But once they did, it was off to the races and the Chargers didn't have a chance. I'm not sure how Spags is going to handle this. They usually uh, run a lot of cover two, a lot of man, some quarters. What are they going to run today or, or, or this weekend, I should say? I'm not sure, but um, I think that regardless of what they run, the Jaguars should be able to handle it. I mean, they were moving the ball up and down the field with ease against the Chiefs last time after they started getting out of their own way. Um, I think Trevor should have a hell of a game against a young secondary in Kansas City. you got a bunch of rookies back there. And you've got Doug Peterson who's going to try to pick them apart. And his instrument for picking them apart is Trevor Lawrence, who has an incredible arm, 
great mental makeup, great size, great athleticism. I like their odds for being able to score points against the Chiefs. I think Travis Etienne, he can get um, get get going a little bit, keep things a little settled down for the offense. Travis had a big game last week. Um, he averaged over four yards a carry against the Chiefs last time, but the Jags just abandoned the run fairly early on and uh, just decided they were going to air it out the rest of the way. Almost made a game of it, but I think you need to get ETN going a little bit more in this one. I think you want him to have more touches and assuming – the ball security looks good. You want him to be able to kind of just keep things settled down for Trevor Lawrence in the passing game with a steady dose of rushing as well. The biggest question here, I talked about it yesterday, how does the Jaguars' pass protection perform? How do they improve on what they did in Week 10 against the Chiefs? They got wrecked. They got absolutely wrecked by this defensive line last time. Uh, A lot of it was one-on-ones, but there was some schemed-up stuff as well from Steve Spagnuolo. But Chris Jones, he's the best defensive lineman on the planet right now. He plays defensive interior, but they will move him around a bit. Uh, He's an incredibly poor matchup for the Jaguars. He's a guy that wrecked the last game, whether he was going up against Jawan Taylor or Brandon Scherf or Luke Fortner. Doesn't matter. Chris Jones is a dominant football player, a dominant pass rusher from the interior. And Brandon Sheriff couldn't handle it. Jawan Taylor couldn't handle it. Nobody could handle it last time. Brandon Sheriff, he's dealing with an abdomen injury. He has not been playing his best football, especially in pass protection lately. This is a bad matchup for the Jaguars. Chris Jones is a bad matchup. And he's a bad matchup for every team. But the Jaguars specifically, they struggle when you have interior pe- penetration on the defense side of the ball. They struggle with that because there's nowhere to go. When you have an edge rush, but you don't have much interior penetration, you don't have anyone pushing the pocket, it's easy for Trevor to step up and manipulate, sidestep here, step up there, get the ball out. When you have pressure in your face, when you have Chris Jones in your face, it makes it difficult. So obviously, I think if you're the Jaguars, you want to try to get the ball out of Trevor Lawrence's hands quickly so the pass rush doesn't have time to get home. Easier said than done. And if they do try to do that, does against Steve Spagnuolo, does he have an answer for that? Does he get them pressed up against the Jaguars receivers? What do they do? How does this work? I think it's going to be fascinating between Doug Peterson. Yeah, we talk about Doug Peterson and Andy Reid as they're matched up. And they are as head coaches, no doubt about it. But the matchup schematically, the chess matchup, is between Doug Peterson and Steve Spagnuolo. And on the other side of the ball, Andy Reid versus Mike Caldwell. Um, Honestly, outside of Chris Jones and outside of the fact that their defensive line just manhandled the Jaguars last time, I think the offense can be fine. And the offense was fine for the most part last time, even though they were getting manhandled up front because the Chiefs could not cover on the back end. The Jaguars had everything they wanted on the back end. And I think that's going to happen again in this one. I think the Jags will be able to throw the ball against the Chiefs secondary. Got to start faster. Got to start faster in this one. We'll talk about that quite a bit here. Jaguars defense versus Chiefs offense. 
This is tough. I'm not sure how the Jags are going to slow down the Chiefs consistently. Keyword, consistently. Chiefs' two best offensive players are their quarterback, who is an actual real-life wizard with the football in his hands, and Travis Kelsey. He plays tight end. You might have heard of him. The Jags cannot cover tight ends, and they could not cover Travis Kelsey last time these two teams played. I don't know how to foil that. I don't know how to resolve that issue. Do you bracket him? If you do that, they've got a lot of other weapons to throw the football to. Juju Smith-Schuster is an excellent slot receiver, and they've got speed at wide receiver and running back. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, fast. Sky Moore, fast. Kadarius Tony, fast. Jarek McKinnon, really freaking fast. It's tough. This is a tough matchup for the Jaguars' defense. But Mike Caldwell is doing a hell of a job coaching these guys up. I think this defense can make plays, but this is a big spot. Talk about the Jaguars' pass rush. They have 19 sacks in the last six games. They got a good amount of pressure on Patrick Mahomes last time they played. But they couldn't get home because, again, there's a damn wizard hanging out in the backfield. And Patrick Mahomes. Really difficult to get to the ground. Really difficult to even get contact on. He's just so reactive and smart and quick in the pocket. Quick decisions. So impressive. And the Chiefs offensive line, it's pretty damn good. Orlando Brown's playing better. Even Andrew Wiley's playing a little bit better at right tackle. They've got a really stout interior. But the Jags defense, you talk about those pass rushers, Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker, Arden Key, Roy Robertson-Harris has been playing like a all pro the last couple weeks on the interior. They've got to find a way to make Patrick Mahomes uncomfortable. And I think that they can at times. It's just how often they'll be able to do it. You know, they were fourth in the NFL in takeaways this year. 19 sacks in the last six games for the Jags. They've been doing a lot of good things on that side of the ball. But similar to the offense, they've gotten off to some slow starts as well. I think you've got to get it done with mostly four-man rushes. Uh, Maybe some three-man looks. Of course, you know, Mike Caldwell loves to throw those in there. And um, there will be some five-man packages. I think those need to be mixed in. I don't think you want to be doing that all day because if you do that all day, Patrick Mahomes is going to absolutely roast you. If you blitz Patrick Mahomes consistently, you will consistently struggle to slow that man down. Uh, So you got to get it done with three, four, and some occasional five-man rushes. I'd be offering a lot of sim pressure looks as well where you have you know, looks like five guys are coming, maybe even six. You drop a couple of them out. Um, I'd definitely be doing that. Anything you can do to try to confuse Patrick Mahomes. The Jags, they did get an easy one off Mahomes in the first one. Andre Sisco did. Um, and speaking of Andre Sisco, how will that storyline, you know, um, resonate? How will that uh, show up in this contest with Andre Sisco? Chiefs fans and players kind of think he was taking some cheap shots last time, landing some big hits. Do the Chiefs attack him? Do some of their players try to get revenge for that play? Or do the Chiefs maybe have alligator arms? I think there's a lot of different ways that could play out. I'm interested to see how it goes, but I'm also expecting Mike Caldwell 
to have some post-snap movement, to show one thing and flip to something else. Jaguars run a lot of cover one and a lot of cover three. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm expecting them to have plenty of coverage rotations. Post-snap. Just try to get anything you can. Try to get him... Patrick Mahomes, that is, to be a little confused. Try to muddy the picture a little bit. You've got to do something. And one thing that's a big difference between the first matchup in Week 10 and this matchup here between the Jags defense and Chiefs offense, Trey Herndon and and Buster Brown were playing outside corner last time for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and that was not working. You've now got Darius Williams playing outside opposite Tyson Campbell. And the Jaguars' pass defense on the outside has all of a sudden become really good. And the pass rush has all of a sudden become really good. I think they're able to play more simple. I think the defense is not broken anymore. I think that that left cornerback spot was legitimate and partially the linebacker play next to Foye Luke. And those two factors, I think, were breaking this defense, making it harder for everyone to execute. Now you've got Devin Lloyd and Chad Muma playing at a higher level with more experience. You've got Darius Williams playing at an extremely high level opposite Tyson Campbell outside. And Trey Herndon, what do you know? The spot that he's played best throughout his entire career is where they're getting the best results out of him at nickel. No big shocker there. And he's not a great nickel. I think the Chiefs offense is going to score points on this defense. I'm just trying to say there are some matchups that look better for the Jaguars now than they did in week 10. No question about it. And the Jags are hot right now on both sides of the ball. So, rounding this discussion out about the Jaguars and the Chiefs. Again, Jags at Chiefs, 4.30 p.m. Saturday, NBC. It's in Kansas City. We're expecting snow. 60% chance of snow in this one throughout the contest. Again, I think both offenses can score. I think both defenses can land some punches of their own. These two teams mirror each other in a a lot of ways, but I think the Chiefs are just the more veteran, more experienced team. The team that's been there and done that. And I do think, while I do think Trevor Lawrence is an insane talent at the quarterback position, maybe the Jaguars don't have quite the same top-end talent outside of that. You know, Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey are two of the very, very best players at their position in this league and and all time. That's what they are. And both of those players are at positions the Jaguars struggle to handle. Again, interior defensive pressure, the Jaguars struggle with it. Tight end, the Jaguars struggle with it. So I do think when you look at um, the fact that the Chiefs are just more experienced and their two best players are two of the best players on the planet – that happen to play positions the Jaguars struggle with, that's not great. That is not great. But think both offenses will score. Think both defenses land some counter punches. 
think Mike Caldwell and Steve Spagnuolo are both good defensive coordinators. Spags has been here and done this many times. Mike Caldwell, this is his first time um, as a as an NFL defensive coordinator in 2022, and this is his second playoff game, first road playoff game as the defensive coordinator. But for me, it doesn't get better than this. Again, Andy versus Doug, Patrick Mahomes versus Trevor Lawrence. Two fun defenses that do some things that are that are uh, difficult to handle. Master and apprentice, current number one quarterback versus a rising star. I just love it. I, I cannot get enough of this matchup. I'm so ready for it, fired up for it. If you're the Jags, though, how do you start faster? How many points are you going to spot these guys this week? I mean, really. This, this Jaguars team, this these cardiac cats, it's just they like to spot. They like, oh, We'll settle in in the second quarter, get things going right before halftime, and we'll be fine. That's kind of how they've operated. And you can't operate like that forever. Whether it's the Chiefs that catch you doing that or whoever it is, it's going to catch up with you. You cannot, that cannot be the formula for sustained success long term. We'll see. Uh, I think this one could really go either way. I really do. And the question is not, can the Jags match up with the Chiefs, in my opinion? The question is, when do the Jaguars show up? How many points are they going to spot the Chiefs in this one? Because after that, after the Jags settle in and, and get some points on the board, I think it's a shootout. I think it's two offenses going up and down the field. Defense is making some plays occasionally, maybe forcing a turnover or two here or there. But I think it's an up-and-down, fast-paced, high-flying football game as soon as the Jaguars settle in. The question is, when do the Jaguars settle in? And again, we've got snow on the forecast. How does that impact these game plans and what these quarterbacks are able to do out there? If snow is not a major factor, I expect points in bunches. But I also expect the Jaguars to spot the Chiefs 14 points to start the game. I think at that point, knowing that you're up against the Chiefs, not the Chargers or the Raiders or whoever, knowing that you're up against the team in the NFL, the quarterback in the NFL, I think they start to realize, like, okay, we can't let this happen again. And they settle in a little bit earlier in this one. But I think they're still going to spot the Chiefs some points. 14, 17, 10, whatever it may be. The Chiefs are going to get up early in this game, and it's about how the Jaguars respond. I expect them to respond well whenever they do decide to settle in, whenever they do make the necessary adjustments, whenever Trevor Lawrence realizes how to attack what the Chiefs are doing. These are two teams that can erase deficits in a blink. Um, I really think it could go either way. But I think if these two teams played 10 times or whatever, if they played in an NBA series, seven games, I think the Jaguars win about 30 to 40% of those games. So I'm giving the Jags about a 33%, one-third chance to win this game. I think they win three or four out of 10 if they play the Chiefs 10 times. I really do feel that way. That's not just me blowing smoke up your ass. Like, the Jaguars 
are one of the most dangerous teams in the NFL, bar none right now. They have an incredible head coach, a team with full buy-in, plenty of talent across the roster thanks to a couple of really good draft classes and some big free agent signings. Um, They're one of the most dangerous teams in the NFL. And I think if they don't shoot themselves in the foot, they can beat any team on the planet. I really do. Uh, But this is the ultimate test. I see a close matchup where the Jags, they go down early. I'm predicting it's 14. And then they start their comeback. And they start their chase. But it's going to be a lot more difficult against Patrick Mahomes. It's going to be a lot more difficult against Andy Reid. The one thing here that I find fascinating, down the stretch last week, Doug Peterson's down. He has to be aggressive, obviously, but he likes to be aggressive anyways. Brandon Staley, in my opinion, some of his decisions on fourth downs, going for field goals, etc., really were not aggressive enough. I'm fascinated to see how aggressive is Andy Reid in this matchup. And he's going to be aggressive with his play calls. He's going to have some fun out there. There's going to be plenty of tricks up the up his sleeve. That's going to be that way for both coaches. We know that. But what happens in the second half when the Jaguars are trying to storm back, when they're trying to win this football game? You know Doug's going to go balls to the wall. He's going to be as aggressive as he can be. But the one thing you've heard about Andy Reid and that has happened with Andy Reid is He has been conservative at times throughout his coaching career. He has a tendency to be more conservative. Doug has a tendency to be more aggressive. Does that show up? And I'm talking about on fourth downs. I'm talking about field goals. I'm talking about, um, you know, late game tactics. Does Doug's aggressiveness help him win this game against his mentor? I think it does. I think the Jaguars win this game. I think the Jaguars win this game 32-31 to on a late either Trevor Lawrence touchdown or Riley Patterson kick. I think I, I don't think this is a team of destiny. Like I don't really believe in all that hoopla that some people want to throw around, but I, I believe this is a team that is resilient. I believe this is a team that is nearly impossible to stop when Trevor Lawrence gets going. And I think it's a defense that just doesn't care who they're up against. This is not the same defense the Jaguars put on the field last time these two teams played. So I'm going to take the Jags, 32-31. to 31. Um, I think it's going to be an awesome game. I think they're going to have to come back from about 14 points down anywhere from 10 to 17 points down. I think they can do it. I think they will do it. And again, this is all assuming that snow isn't like this mitigating factor where the offenses have to go into a little bit of a shell, right? Um, so I believe I believe the Jaguars can get the job done in this one. I'm taking the Jags, right? 32 to 31. But I'm also trying to tell y'all, I don't think the Jags and the Chiefs, if they played 10 times, the Jags would win more often than not. I'm not trying to say that. What I'm trying to say is I think these Jags this weekend, I think they go get the job done. And, you know, I know that's not a popular opinion. I know that's against the consensus, against the the Jags are eight and a half point dogs. 
Chiefs are, you know, one of the franchises in the in the NFL, one of the preeminent franchises that we've seen in quite a while. But there's just some magic with this Jaguars football team. Trevor Lawrence, Doug Peterson, I think some of these young players don't know what they don't know. And some of these young players, they've been starved for playoff success. Josh Allen, that was his first playoff game last week. Like, this is a team that I think is highly motivated. And the Chiefs are going to be motivated, and they're one of the best teams in the league. And the Jags have some bad matchups. But I think the Chiefs have some bad matchups too. Their secondary can be had. I think Austin Wiley can be had. Excuse me, Andrew Wiley. So I'm going to take the Jags. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this knowing that I don't think they would win most of the time. More, the majority of the time, excuse me, that two, these two teams step on the field, I would pick the Chiefs to win. But right now, the way the Jags are playing, the way Trevor Lawrence is playing, the streak they're, they're, they're on right now, I just think they're going to win this football game. I think their youth combined with Doug Peterson's experience is a really, really nice combination right now. And it's never going to feel like this again with the Jaguars, right? This is the magical year. Next year, there's going to be expectations. There's going to be playoff expectations. There's going to be potentially AFC championship expectations. But right now, it's magic. Right now, they're still the underdogs. Right now, they're still the one no one's giving a chance. And I think that's a lot of fun. I think that is a role that they have embraced. I think that's a role that will suit them well. And I'm predicting that they take care of business against the Kansas City Chiefs um, this Saturday, Arrowhead, 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 3.30 Central for all the Chiefs folks out there. I can't wait for it. I really can't wait for it. And I think it's going to be just as long as the snow doesn't ruin this football game, it's going to be just one of the matchups of the year, bar none. Can't wait for it. I've got the Jaguars winning 32-31, to 31, but also acknowledge I don't think if these two teams stepped on the field 10 times that the Jaguars would win half of them. I don't. I think the Jaguars would win 3 or 4 out of 10 against the Kansas City Chiefs, but I just so happen to think that this weekend is one of those times the Jaguars get the job done. So I am going to take the Jags in Kansas City. Call me crazy. Call me whatever you want. I like some of their matchups. Obviously, the Chiefs have plenty of matchups they like. That's going to happen every time they step on the field with Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, some of their other guys. But I'm taking the Jags. Let me know what y'all think. Comment section below. You can also hit me up on Twitter at Jordan DeLugo, Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag. Check out genjag.com slash shop where we've got our Cardiac Cats tee available in black for the first time. It's available for pre-order through early next week. I think we're going to close that out after Monday, but we'll provide more updates on that. But you can go check it out, genjag.com slash shop. You can also become a channel member right here on YouTube, get some cool perks, hit that like and subscribe button if you enjoy the content and the notification bell so you don't miss a show on here. That's it for this Jaguars at Chiefs preview. Thank you so much for tuning in, Duval. Have a great rest of your Victory Thursday. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.